It is a little bit past 11, 98.1 KMBZ. John Grayson here with you. Uh, kicking off hour number two of the show. Article crossed the desk about something going on in the Shawnee Mission School District uh, from the folks over at Channel 4. There's changes that coming, and they deal with P.E. That up till now, P.E. has accounted for a credit, a high school credit. But as there has been a, a much greater emphasis on STEM classes, uh, science, technology, uh, science, technology, engineering, and math, that they're now putting even more emphasis on those things and de-emphasizing physical education, which, according to these new guidelines, which they say conform to the Kansas State guidelines, will uh, will go down to half a credit. So I, what what's not clear in this is if that's going to mean less time. I'm assuming it will. That, that's going to mean less time. And Colin, feel free to jump in if you know more about this than I do. But if they go down to half a credit, does that mean that the kids are only going to do like a half a year's worth of PE? I don't know if that's necessarily the case. From what I've heard from, you know, people that, that I've worked with and teachers in the past when I was in high school and, and just kind of over the course of my life, um, at least since leaving high school, yeah, is that it's hard when kids just aren't motivated, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's, it's starting to become kind of like what choir and band were when I was in high school, where it, it was an elective, you didn't have to, you know, join the choir, join the band, but it was an easy credit. So you need to get so the so the guidelines are saying you need to get at least a half a credit in PE, but that's all. Where you used to have to get a credit, you know, a, a yeah, full credit. So at least for me, you would have to have at least one credit. Um, at least my my time going through high school, I can't speak to the to any of the districts here. Yeah. Um, Based off my knowledge, but yeah, it was it was you got to have one credit of this, one credit of this, of this, and and then you can graduate. But you also get electives to. I always thought it was just to fill your time throughout the day, so mm-hmm. that so that they don't have you sitting around in the courtyard or the lunchroom not doing anything. But. Right, right. Well, see, and, and that's exactly where I was about to go with this. So thank you for setting that up for me, even though you didn't know that's what you were doing. <laughs> um, and that's why I laughed when you said it's a problem of motivation. That's exactly right. Uh, you know. I think because there are some parents who are kind of upset about this, and I'm sure there are PE teachers who are kind of upset about this as well, that they say, no, come on, you know, the, we've we've got an obesity problem, and we, you know, the kids don't get up and don't move around enough, and, and so now that we're de-emphasizing PE, that problem's going to get even worse. To me, the falsehood in that is that, that you know, it, it comes back to that whole idea of motivation that by having PE there, that all the kids are in there and they're all climbing ropes and they're all, no, come on. Well, it's funny you mentioned band too, because uh, I went to Catholic high school for a long time. Like almost all of my uh, high school career was in Catholic school. And you could either take PE or band. <laughs> so... I played clarinet. Uh, yeah, a, uh, a, the, the, it was like one or the other. You, If you took band, you didn't have to take PE at all. And I didn't want to do that. So, uh, I mean, I, I understand that it would be better if we all got up and moved around more than we do, but we don't. And the last thing that PE class is going to do is motivate somebody who is a couch potato like me 
to go in and change and turn over a new leaf and all of a sudden become, you know, in shape and go be a gym rat and all of that stuff. No, it's not going to accomplish anything. And, and that's that I think is the real problem is that we want to think because we don't like to remember our own high school careers. We want to think that P.E. accomplishes something. And I am firmly convinced, because I do remember my high school career and those of everybody else that I was in school with, that it does not. It, it doesn't do anything. All we do is look for ways around doing anything while we're in P.E. class. If we can like be out of sight of the P.E. teacher and just over in a corner somewhere, boom. That's, that is a successful P.E. class for the day. Not to mention the fact that they have taken everything fun out of it. No dodgeball anymore. Dodgeball Fridays. That's what I was about to bring up. We did that every Friday growing up yeah. in high school, and that was the one day of the week that everyone was ready for. It was Friday. The weekend's coming up. Dodgeball on Fridays. We had a guy who was our substitute teacher for PE class, so we didn't see him all the time, but this goes back to, like, fourth grade. And what he would do is we would, we would have a choice. So he would split the gym, and on one half of the gym – it was dodgeball. And on the other half of the gym, it was hockey. Like hockey with nets and, you know, on the yeah, floor, yeah. floor hockey. But still, it was serious. I mean, we all had helmets on and all of this stuff. And it was like, I mean, we were kind of brutal for fourth graders. Um, but that oh, was... Oh, yeah, so, so were we. That yeah. was, yeah, that was the only thing that, that got us into it. Um, and trust me, for the, if somebody just said, Jim was humiliating back then, taking showers in front of everybody and getting picked not first for being on teams. Yeah, uh, be the fat kid in PE class. Let me tell you. It's not fun. So, and it, it didn't, you know, the, the the whole idea that it's going to take us, you know, the, the ones who did go through high school as the fat kids and turn us around and make us into these, you know, live, uh, you know, in shape. No, it did nothing. In fact, a couple of the kids that I know, that I still know now, um, not to tell stories out of school, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind, but a good friend of mine who's a stand-up comic now th that I went to high school with, and was you were pretty good friends with him back then, just had his second heart attack in a month. And, you know, and, and back then he was not, he was a, you know, a pretty athletic guy, but still, you know, it didn't translate into later life. It just doesn't. And, and the, the wastes of time when they started getting rid of things like dodgeball and hockey and anything where anybody could get hurt uh, or anything that was, you know, any fun at all, is they started replacing it. You know what they replaced that with when I was in high school? Square dancing. I swear to you, we had a unit in PE class that was square dancing. Yeah, yeah, that's going to do it. Yes, we had it too. <laughs> Did you do square dancing? I thought that was just me. Oh, like small man. town, Kansas, middle of nowhere, rural whatever you know yeah. i thought that was just us no we we absolutely we had square dancing i will remember it for as long as i live thinking what on earth am i doing this for i'm listening to the worst music on the <laughs> planet and and i'm square dancing with a girl named jereen and i'm not making that one up either yeah uh, and and she looked exactly like the picture in your head right now when i said her <laughs> name so yeah i uh, well, yeah. well let me throw this one at you. Imagine Hit me. you're a high schooler, middle schooler. Yeah, I think it was middle school for us. You're excited. You show up. You got your new shoes on. You're ready to go play dodgeball. You're ready to go play wiffle ball, whatever it is in the gym that day, right? Yep. They take you up to the health classroom. 
<laughs> and they teach you about the food pyramid. Oh, And yeah. you just ruin the day of all of these little middle school boys who were ready to have their Super Bowl. Yeah. That day during class. And then we had to go learn about, obviously, obviously it's important. Not saying it's not important to go learn about health. But sure. to a bunch of middle school boys, they the, don't care. No, exactly. And the only place that we got to do any of that stuff, the you know, dodgeball and Red Rover and all of the rest of it, things we actually wanted to do that got us up off of our chairs and moving, summer camp. They didn't do any of it in school. That was all reserved for summer camp because they had to keep us entertained. Did you guys play Red Rover during PE? No, no. Okay, that was, I was going to yeah. say, we didn't do that. I figured that was, yeah, that, that was a bit That was only dangerous. at camp. It, and, and we're all sitting there wondering, okay, if you want us to get up and move, why don't you give us something we want to do? No, no, we can't have that. We can't have nice things. Not even in Catholic school. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you let us play basketball, football, no problem. You know, we used to do that at recess. That was the recess time, yeah. Was, it was more the, the, the big team. Yeah. And organized it, sports. And it's like, clearly we want to do that. So during class time, no, not allowed. Not allowed. We'll go to the phones if you want to jump in. Uh, I I mean, it, seriously, it would not make me cry if they just said, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. Nobody wants to. It's boring. It's stupid. And so we're I just. I think a lot you know, of PE classes are now becoming weightlifting classes. Oh, really? Is what I've seen in in some of the more of the schools in this area. Because growing up for me, that just wasn't like we had our weights. We didn't have any of We that. did that like yeah. in the morning with the team. Yep. You know, football team wrestling you know whoever it is we're just gonna go lift before school and then PE was during the day but I think now with the rise in what we're seeing for football programs basketball athletics recruiting everything to get to the next level I think they're trying to get these kids to the highest level of of ability that they can be to go play sports at the next level and I think weightlifting has a lot to do with that yeah absolutely and apparently the uh, square dancing and PE class goes at least as far back as the 1960s <laughs> we're hearing from all kinds of you on the text line and we're going man they thought the same thing you did I thought I was the only one who did square dancing and PE no no they foisted that on a lot of us let's go to Jim in Topeka next hey Jim Boy, am I agreeing with almost everything you're saying. That, that should hidden... scare the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, what I'm getting to is, is the original reason for physical exercise in schools was when the people had to go into the service to defend the country, they were so far out of shape, and they had to spend so much time training and getting people strong enough to be able to defend the country. Aha, uh-huh. okay. So there is the original reason for PE, and then we made a mess out of everything. And we're still a nation of softies, and when they're recruited for the service, they have to spend an inordinate amount of time to get them to where that they can pass the physical test to be able to be a soldier. So there's reasons for it, but it's it's been lost. Yeah, we're doing it wrong. No doubt. Jim, thank you. Thanks very much for the call. Uh, we'll get Carolyn in Kansas City on next here real quick. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, good morning. Morning. Um, I So I disagree a little bit. I mean, I think it's important. I think it should still be in school. Um, as someone that has forgotten all of my good, healthy habits, you know, I think it's important <laughs> for us to, to get, get, get that going. But what I was going to say is um, in my high school, in grade 9 and 10, you did the normal sports, you know, basketball and soccer and football and all that stuff. But, I mean, for someone like me, I was like, okay, whatever, this is boring. Um, but then if you stuck with it, if you did upper, 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 upper year gym class, we did stuff like archery and curling and rock climbing. So you got to do more interesting things if you 
get through the first two, you kind of got incentives to to continue with it. And I thought that was great because I enjoyed PE after that. I want to tell you, you know, if they had had curling available when I was in high school, I would have been at PE class early every day. I see. And I, I knew when you said grade eight and nine that you were Canadian. Where where are you from? Where are you from? <laughs> So actually, this is funny, and I, I hope I'm not going uh, off on you here. But uh, so you've mentioned that you love Letterkenny. Yes, I am from there, Sudbury, I'm Ontario. From, no, well, no, I'm from the town. Like I went to high school with Jared Kiso. Oh, did you really? He wow, was the creator of Letterkenny. Like so, it was based on the town that I went to high school, and like Modian's Bar, I've been there. That's a real place. That's funny. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> is is it not Sudbury? Is what's what's the name of the town? Um, so the town is called Listowel. Listowel, that's it's, right. It's yes. Small. Yeah, but that's that's. I went to LDSS, Listowel District Secondary School. So that and that's what we did there. Is is you know, if you got through the first two boring years of PE, you got to do the interesting stuff. We would just walk down to the curling rink because, yep. of course, there's one within walking distance of the high school. So <laughs> I love it. All right, well, Carolyn, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and and I agree. I mean, I think if you're going to do it at all then you give them something interesting to do. You make them look forward to it. You don't take a bunch of 15 and 16-year-olds and say, today, square dancing. More to come. John Grayson here with you as the midday show rolls on on 98.1 KMBZ. Continuing on, if you want to jump in with us, 913-586-7798. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is how useless this, this debate is about. What are we going to do about PE class and de-emphasizing it and all of this? We got a text in that said, my daughter... Graduated last year, and for her PE credit, she took a walking class. Walking. <laughs> that's that's physical education. Uh, let me see. Uh, did they go over different techniques, you know, uh, or, or did they just say, okay, everybody, get up and, and walk, and we'll see you in 45 minutes. So then day four... That Thursday, <laughs> yeah. they throw a wrench at the kids. They say, hey, kids, I know we've been walking in straight lines. Uh-huh. I know we've been working on one foot over the other. Today. Now I want you to turn around. Oh. And I want you to walk backwards and watch their brains That's right. melt. Their heads explode. At, you know, and, and maybe by the end of the semester, serpentine. Whoa. I know, where you're just, just going. I mean, it'll keep you from getting shot, Let at us least according to class. that movie. Hey, yeah, I'm in. Um, I can walk, sure, as well as anybody, I guess. Alex Admission is next. Hello, Alex. Hey, how you guys doing? All uh, right. Love listening to you guys. Thank you. Um. So, yeah, growing up, PE was the thing uh, where everybody looked forward to and uh, just basically to obliterate others in, in dodgeball and any sport we could, we could uh, play. But over time, they would start taking these sports away, you know, after hitting people with dodgeball. But the story I have is freshman year, uh, we had gotten dodgeball taken away, so they – let us play soccer, and I remember kicking a ball so hard at this kid, this bigger kid, hitting him in the head, and he'd gotten a concussion. We had never seen him again for the rest of those four years. You knocked him uh, out of school? Knocked him out. Um, and from there on out, for the rest of that year, we would walk around the gym class for 30 minutes. <laughs> so not only did you knock a kid out of school, you killed PE. Oh man, that's that's something to be proud of, Alex. Well done, sir. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I felt really bad. Uh, I tried to find them and talk to them, but yeah, haven't seen them, haven't heard of anything. Oh, so if that's you, <laughs> Alex, thanks a lot for the call. Yeah, if you're listening in now, Alex is sorry he knocked you out of school. He didn't mean to. Um, but yeah, that was that was another thing. Kickball was huge. And, you know, I think about all the stuff that we used to do in the neighborhood. Here's one. Um, Colin, did you have a bike? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you say of course, but which just I, I just figured kids had bikes. Yeah. 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 Well, you'd think, and and then you find out that uh, that's not anywhere near as common as it used to be. That uh, and and maybe that's a small town versus big city thing. Sure. But man, when I was uh, well, all the way from like five years old, all the way through high school, uh, or at least until I got my driver's license, if we wanted to go somewhere, we all got on our bikes and went. Yeah. Just took off you know or i guess my town was small enough we could walk but yeah but yeah yeah but we, why we walk yeah. right why you walk if bike. you can take a bike and, that, and then that's another thing that um they don't seem to be i mean i'm thinking back to all four of mine and i don't remember ever seeing them on a bike i feel like i was a failure as a dad now <laughs> which i probably was but not for that reason well, let's go to Rhonda in overland park instead hello Rhonda. hi can you hear me okay here you fine what's going on um, my husband's been a PE teacher for 40 years, and he's always had uh, students thankful for him because he teaches them sports, special, different things. Uh-huh. And one in particular, he taught pickleball before it was a thing. Because I'd always be like, what is pickleball? Oh, yeah. My, my kids did that when they were in high school. Pickleball was already there, yeah. Yeah, Rhonda, I, I hate to do this, but now, yeah, now your your phone is really starting to get screwy on us. But but thank you for the call. I, uh, I you know, I think things like that are fine as long as it's something that that they're going to have enough interest to actively participate in. And I don't think that there's been any serious thought given to that in a very long time. So, I you know, the, to see Shawnee Mission School District de-emphasizing PE, which is what got us into this conversation in the first place. I don't necessarily see anything wrong with it because I think it's just generally done so poorly. No offense to your husband, because uh, I'm sure he doesn't make up the curriculum. You know, he's got some input on it, but uh, that stuff tends to come down from on high. And I think that one of the first things we need to do seriously is get rid of the stupid square dancing thing and find something to do that they're actually going to want to participate in. Um, you know, competitions a lot. And, and yeah, granted, even when dodgeball was there, there was always the one kid who would walk right up into the middle and just stand there with his back to the other side so he'd get hit first because he didn't want to play. That's fine. You know, you have an option. You can just go up there and get hit and then just walk over to the side and go, yeah, I wasn't going to win anyway, so I might as well. But for the rest of us, I mean, bring back the good time, you know? Make that part of it, and then maybe you'll have something to talk about as whether P.E. class is worthwhile or not. We'll shift gears after the bottom of the hour. We've got traffic and weather coming up for you just a couple of minutes away. John Grayson with you. More to come on 98.1 KMBZ. 11.33 now the time. All right, question for you. You've seen them Jurassic Park movies, haven't you? Right? You know how things tend to go off the rails whenever, you know, we we take uh, dinosaurs and try to resurrect them, at least in the Hollywood version of things. Well, 
we've we've mentioned this before from time to time that there are efforts to do that kind of it doesn't really go anywhere near as far back as uh as dinosaurs and using dna that's extracted from old mosquitoes trapped in amber and all of that stuff i mean that that's that's totally hollywood um it was a nice little story michael crichton but yeah we turns out we can't really do that however from the good folks over at WOWT, there is a continuing effort to try to bring back things, and by things I mean animals, that were recently extinct. Things that, I, because I mean we have species disappearing from the planet all the time. Um, it wasn't that long ago that the dodo still existed. It wasn't that long ago that Stellar's sea cow, which is related to the manatee, still existed i in fact i think that was a an 1800s thing where those were extinct because well you could eat them and uh, they had a lot of oil in them a lot of fat that you could render down into oil so they were valuable and they were big giant things so we hunted them all to extinction because we're humans and that's what we do one of the more recent ones recent enough that there's actually movie film of one of the last of these things that you can see yourself. If you want to go to YouTube and watch this, it's it's one of the cooler animals that's ever walked the planet. It's been gone since long before you and I came along. But like I said, recent enough that there's silent black and white movie film of an animal called a thylacine. It's also called a marsupial wolf, which would probably be easier to spell <laughs> than thylacine if you're going to Google it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a marsupial, so you know, in the same vein as as kangaroos and wombats and all of that stuff. But it looks like a dog, except its nose is a little longer and skinnier, um, kind of in the way that uh, the character I think his name was Scrat from Ice Age, the little rat guy. You know, he's got that real long, skinny nose. That's kind of what a thylacine nose looks like. And on the back of it, and it's about dog size, too, you know, uh, medium to large dog. And again, German Shepherd, think German Shepherd, make his nose real skinny like that. And then from about the midpoint of its back down past its butt to the back of its legs, stripes. So it's also called, a, uh, what do they call it? Um, it was a, a Tasmanian tiger. So it's got a bunch of different names. Don't let it confuse you. But it's a marsupial wolf. And... Because it was only gone for about 110 years, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't remember when the last one walked the earth was. It may have been even more recent than that. Um, the idea has always existed. And they found one in a jar. Like, a, you know how the, in labs they have the little fetal everything you know, for research purposes? They found one of these things in a disused old lab in a jar full of formaldehyde, so it's perfectly well-preserved since it died in the early 1900s. And so that uh, that idea of bringing it back to life is out there. Now, it would take some doing because you don't exactly have another marsupial wolf to have it gestate in. You'd have to figure out how to do that. But what a cool idea. I mean, if they could pull it off then bringing things like the dodo bird or the marsupial wolf or any of this stuff that we've killed off over the last couple of hundred years, I, I just think even as an exercise in can we really do this? I mean, as, as many times as you've watched 
if you have the Flintstones, how cool would it be to see a woolly mammoth in person? You know, th that's another thing that every so often, because they lived where they lived, they'll find one in ice that's been in ice for, you know, however many hundreds of years that the woolly mammoth has been gone. So, you know, they'll find pieces of these things that they could conceivably extract DNA from. Now, interestingly, about 15 years ago, somebody found a knee joint from a Tyrannosaurus Rex that was not fossilized. It was actual bone. It hadn't ossified to the point that it, it was a fossil yet. So there, there was soft tissue inside this knee joint that they were able to pull out and re sort of reconstitute. It was, it was very dried out over 65 million years, but it was still there. So even that isn't necessarily completely out of reach, but I, th I think that it would be an easier sell to say, could we bring something back that maybe our great-grandparents saw while it was alive? So I put it to you, is, is the Jurassic Park model so terrifying a fable that it will keep this kind of science from being accepted? Or is this the kind of thing that we, that we should look into? I mean, it's not like we need them. So I think if there's an argument against it, it would probably be that. That even in the last hundred years or so since the marsupial wolf has been gone, since the, the, the last thylacine died, um, it, it, you know, the, we haven't, the, the ecosystem has moved on without it, right? So we're fine now. So if you introduce something that used to exist and is, by the way, a predator, I mean, it, you know, it didn't just look like a wolf. It also kind of acted like one. It ate little rats and rodents and, you know, bunnies and things like that. Sorry, bunnies. But, um, you know, the, the ecosystem doesn't need it anymore. So there, there may be an argument about if we do go ahead with something like this, do we just put them in zoos instead of releasing them out into the wild? Because, I mean, when, when the last marsupial wolf died, there probably weren't as many camels in Australia. If, if you didn't know, by the way, yeah, they're not a native species there, but there's camels all over the place in Australia to the point where they're kind of becoming pests. So that probably, if, if it existed, didn't exist to the extent that it does now. And other predators have now come into the ecosystem that would perform the same task as the thylacine did when it was alive. But then then you get down to, I guess, the, the real philosophical question at the basis of all of this, which is the one that was brought up by Jeff Goldblum in the original Jurassic Park, which was, you know, you, you spent so much time wondering if you could, you didn't stop to think whether you should. And when it comes to things like this, as cool as it would be, I mean, I would love to be able to take my existent and as yet not existent grandchildren to a zoo to go see an animal that when I was born didn't exist, that was brought back, not just from the brink of extinction, but brought back from actual extinction. Somebody on the text line just said, that's too scary for me. Anytime we mess with nature, it never goes well. Totally understand. You're not wrong. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not going to argue the point. Um, but right after that, 
is another text that is, I, I think, probably the flip side of that argument, which is when we're talking about these animals in particular, nature or God or whatever didn't kill them off. We did. Like I said, with Stellar Sea Cow, there would still be millions of them were it not for us hunting them to extinction. Dodo bird, same thing. They would still be in Mauritius today if we hadn't eaten them all. But we did. So is does that move the needle as far as the argument is concerned? Because there is a case to be made that we've tried to do a lot of things. Now, there are successes as well. It's not every time we mess with nature. The California condor is a great example. One that was, I think, uh, when I was a little kid, I remember seeing one of those in the news segments on Saturday morning. And they said at that point, there were uh, about a dozen breeding pairs left of California condors in the world. That was it. 24 of them. And since then, the uh, the effort to repopulate the California condor has been fairly successful. I mean, it's still not to the point where there's millions of them, but there's a heck of a lot more than 24. So... I don't know. What do you think? I mean, if if you found out that somebody had done this, that they had effectively done the Dolly the Sheep bit with something that was extinct and now is back on Earth for the first time since that extinction, would you be okay with it? Or would your or would your reaction be, great, it's back, good, kill it with fire, get it back out of here. It was extinct, it should be, it's gone now and it should be gone forever. Just kind of want to see where your sense of adventure with this is. And if you've got something something to throw in, uh, then by all means, hit us up not only on the text line, but give us a call as well. 913-586-7798. 913-586-7798. And they said, you know, there's all kinds of challenges. You have to find viable DNA. Then you have to find something for it to grow in. And that's not the easiest thing in the world to do either. With a mammoth, it's probably a little bit easier because I'm guessing they're close enough in terms of related to elephants that you could probably do that. You know, you could probably use an elephant ovum and implant it in a in a female elephant and have it grow. But with something that there really isn't anything like it around anymore, I mean, same, same could probably be said with stellar sea cow by using a manatee, even though they're a lot smaller that if it's a baby, you might be able to pull that off. And we'll get to the phones here in just a minute. Phones are ringing, so if you uh, want to chime in on this, should we try to bring back things that are extinct, or is it just to the point where we need to let it go and say, it's gone, we've already moved on without it, leave it lie where it is, and we'll watch the old movies and look at the pictures in the books. 913-586-7798, to you just ahead. John Grayson here with you on 98.1 KMBZ. I don't think I have ever seen the text line as 50-50 as it is right now uh, in terms of the split. And it's funny the way these things keep coming in because one argument will come in for and another will come in against. And it all comes back to this question uh, that, I mean, there's this extensive article about efforts that are underway to unextinct or de-extinct a bunch of animals that have recently gone extinct. Uh, as recently as 100 years ago, as far back as the mammoth about 4,000 years ago. So the question for you is, should we? If we can, if it gets to the point where we could actually pull it off, should we use DNA? Somebody on the text line asked about saber-toothed tigers. That's another one that would be, if they can figure out how to do it, fairly easy to do because we have so much DNA. Uh, the La Brea Tar Pits has been a, 
a huge repository of, again, bones, not fossils, bones, because they've been encased in that and they didn't turn into stone over time. So presumably, yeah, you take a tooth, dig into the middle of it, and you'll maybe, you know, find some usable DNA. So should we do it? Jason and Shawnee is going to kick us off. Hey, Jason. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. What do you think? So I don't, as far as the cool factor, I'm kind of indifferent one way or the other. Okay. But there was a really interesting documentary. I think it was on uh, National Geographic or something about keystone species and like how they reintroduced wolves back to Yellowstone. And now Yellowstone is thriving again as an ecosystem because that keystone species was critical to Yellowstone's survival and the ecosystem as it exists. Same with wildebeest in Africa. All, you know, there's just that whole idea of the keystone species, basically the environment and the ecosystem as it exists cannot thrive without this specific species. Yeah. If there's an animal like that that they could bring back that they feel is a keystone species, I'd be all for it because it's like that just does nothing but improve the ecosystem. That's, you know, it was funny. That was one of the back and forth arguments that they didn't know they were having on the text line is somebody said, well, yeah, if it can be something that we can all go to the zoo and see, that's fine. Just make sure it's not dinosaurs or something that could wipe out humanity. And the very next text said, well, maybe we can bring these animals back and they'll wipe out humanity so that the so that the planet can survive. I mean, we have been kind of a problem over time. But, uh, yeah, I, I see what yeah, you're saying. The, 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 yeah. other, the other thing they pointed out, though, was sometimes the environment has moved on since these species have been gone to the point where it would be dangerous to the species itself to bring them back. You know, things that exist now where, where the dodo used to that would kill it off if we tried to bring it back there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting debate. I just thought I'd weigh in. It's just the keystone is about the only thing that I would even think about, but that that's a good point there too. Like maybe, (laughs) Maybe it wouldn't be a keystone species anymore. Who yep. knows? Absolutely. All right, Jason. Yeah. yeah. So thanks. Hey, thanks. Thanks for your time. You got it. Thanks for the the thoughtful addition to the program. How about Phil in KCMO? Hello, Phil. Say uh, we, the planet Earth, are headed towards a sixth mass extinction, and it's not me saying this. These are scientists that are saying this. There's a lot of them saying we're, we're already in the middle of one. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, and it's only going to get worse. We could lose countless species of animal and plant life on this planet, and that doesn't bode well for humans. I mean, uh, look at the bee situation. Without bees, we don't pollinate plants, and we, uh, that threatens our food source right there. But we're headed in uh, for some big trouble, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, we're in this mass extinction phase, and we're going to lose a lot of plant and animal life, I fear, over the course of time. So uh, that's something that's going to have to be reckoned with. And, uh, I mean, it's everything from climate change that's causing it uh, to the hunting uh, and killing of animals. I mean, it just, you know, I mean, it just, it just all adds up. And, I mean, this is what's going on. Do you think that doing this artificially might help? I don't know. I mean, uh, I'd have to think about something like that. I'm kind of ambivalent. I mean, you know, but like I say, if we don't watch what we're doing, we're going to wipe this planet out of its uh, plant and animal life. 
Yeah, and not, probably not a good idea for us. Phil, thank you. Yeah, that's it's one of those uh, things. I go back to what George Carlin said uh, that you know, there's all these people saying we need to save the planet. He's like, the planet's going to be fine. We're in trouble, <laughs> you know. Uh, I think his term was the planet will shake us off like a bad rash. So, well, case to be made. However, in the short term, for something like this, good idea, bad idea, how does it strike you? We'll go to Alex and KCK next. Hello, Alex. Uh, good morning. Thank good morning. you for having me on. Sure. I had so many questions, and I want to uh, say the last two callers were brilliant, smart, and that's good. Uh, and I think that somebody is going to remember about the passenger pigeons. Yes. Eventually. And then, uh, you know, you start thinking about DNA and mixing it with stem cell research and mixing that with AI. Um, we may end up with some species that are adapted so well to our environment that they flourish. And if they flourish because of climate change, then that changes the ecosystem and that changes everything that happens in the future. I expect someday soon here to be able to go down to the store and buy my replacement kidney that I've had on hold, you know, just have a new replacement kidney made, you know, DNA, 3D printing, and there you go. There's a new heart. Brave new world. Uh, and it's not it's not that far-fetched. Um, yeah. You know, if you look at the science fiction writers over the course of the last 300 years, a lot of things have come to fruition, um, but, and it scares me that we might want to play God like that. Um, you know, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, and that seems to be, and Alex, thank you. That was a good end, a good note to end it on. That's been a lot of the opposition to it from the text line has been, we don't know what we don't know. You know, um, starting to sound like Donald Rumsfeld. There are known knowns and unknown unknowns. But, yeah, we, we don't know what we don't know about bringing these things back. What problems could occur that we can't even think of until they're already staring us in the face? So reason for caution, but we'll keep an eye on it and let you know if any of these efforts is successful. More to come after the top of the hour. Those of you we didn't get to, my apologies, but uh, we'll head off into some other, other areas after the extended news at noon, which is next on KMBZ. Mm-hmm.